Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, audience, for being here. Certainly appreciate you being part of our television taping today. And those of you that are home watching, thank you again. It's so encouraging to know that our lessons are blessing you or helping you in your spiritual growth. And I want to encourage you once again, if that is the case, please send us your testimony. Let us know how that the lessons are blessing you. And if you've got prayer requests that you've sent to us and those requests have been answered already, then send us the testimony because we want to share them with our viewing audience because we know how inspiring they are. You know, once somebody is facing something that looks impossible, but they hear about somebody else that's been going through something very similar and they hear how God brought them through, it's encouraging to their faith. So share your testimonies with us. I got a few here that I want to share with you today. Here's someone, um, Elizabeth from Florida. I thought this one was very interesting. Every year uh, we share the prophetic word for that particular year that the Lord gives me, and we put it on our website. And if you haven't received it yet, go on there and download the prophetic word for 2015. And this lady, Elizabeth in Florida said, while reading Brother Jerry's word from the Lord, I was thanking the Lord and praising him for what he said he was going to do. And I began to experience uh, heat in my body. I can honestly say that from that moment, my knees began to feel better and I could walk more comfortably. And now I have no pain, glory to God, and I'm 89 years old. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. I rejoice with you, Elizabeth. That's wonderful. Here's another Elizabeth, and she's also from Florida. It says, your letters encouraged me, especially last October's letter on experiencing victory. Whenever I need something from God, it seems it always comes in your letter. Thank you for teaching me how to make God my provider and teaching me how to receive deliverance from God. He has delivered me. Amen. Here's Tina from Georgia. Praise God, my daughter, 17, accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior and was baptized last night. God is so good working in my family. Thank you for your prayers. Here's Tanya from Arkansas. Thank you for praying about my husband's work. He got a job. Praise God. Here's Patricia, and uh, she also received a job. Uh, Elizabeth in Indiana. I have been sowing seed for my children's homes to sell. Apparently, she had more than one child, and they both were trying to sell houses, and thank God they both have sold. Praise the Lord. And Myrena from North Carolina says, praise God, the Lord has blessed my daughter with a house. She can now move out with her two kids. Hallelujah. Well, that's a double blessing there. Amen. Her daughter got a house and she can move out. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well, today we're going to continue our study on redeemed and blessed, and you don't want to miss it. I want you to watch this special announcement, and then we'll be back in just a few moments. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. 
Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. All right, we're going to be talking about Redeemed and Blessed today. We began last week. We're going to continue today. We're going to be talking about it for another couple of weeks, so you make your plans to join with us. I want to read once again from John chapter 6 and verse 38. Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. We've established the fact in our last broadcast that the will of the Father for Jesus was to come into the earth and to redeem mankind. Redeem means to buy them back, purchase them back. Where did, why did they need to be redeemed? Because of what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve committed high treason against God, they lost their dominion and their authority, and as a result of it, all mankind came under the dominion and authority of Satan. But God had promised in Genesis 3.15 that He would send a deliverer, and that deliverer would come and break Satan's power and set humanity free. So Jesus said, that was my purpose for coming, to do the will of my Father. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, He says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. And then Hebrews 2.14 says that through death He might destroy Him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So throughout the New Testament, it becomes very clear that the mission of Jesus was to come and to set humanity free. And then I love this verse in John 8.36, whom the Son therefore shall make free shall be free indeed. If Jesus set you free, then praise God, you are free indeed. So the question is, did Jesus come? Yes, He did. Did He fulfill the will of the Father? Yes, He did. Did He set you free? Yes, He did. Now the question is this, are you enjoying that freedom? If you're not enjoying that freedom, then it's time for you to get into the Word of God and discover how that you can exercise your authority over the devil because he has no authority over you now. His dominion and authority over you has been broken. You know, I would recommend to everybody that's listening, everybody in this audience, if you haven't read Kenneth E. Hagin's book on the authority of the believer. Now, I've preached it. Others have preached it. But, you know, we all learned it from Kenneth Hagin and his book on the authority of the believer. If you haven't read that book, then you contact the Kenneth Hagin Ministries. They still have it because I just recently ordered me another one and I just finished reading it again. And I'm telling you, it did for me the same thing it did to me 45 years ago. It got me so fired up, I went to looking for the devil, you know, <laughs> just so I could tell him, I got authority over you, dude, and you have no authority over me. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Jesus bought and purchased our freedom. Yeah. Folks, this is not just a sermon. It's reality. Yes, whom the Son makes free is free indeed. Somebody shout in this audience, thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. And give the Lord some praise for it. Amen. We are free. Now, in the 10th chapter of John, 
and verse 10, the King James says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The New Living Translation, I love this translation. It says, my purpose, Jesus speaking, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. You know, I can testify to you right now. I testify before my Heavenly Father. I am presently living a rich and satisfying life. Now, 45 years ago, uh, and maybe, uh, well, almost 46 years ago, 45 years ago in 10 months, I couldn't say that because I received the Lord February 1969. And uh, at the time of this taping, you know, it was almost 46 years ago, I could not say that I'm living a rich and satisfying life. What I said back then, I'm just existing. And that's the way a lot of people would describe their lives today. A lot of you that are watching, that may be the way you describe your life right now. I'm just existing. Uh, I'm just here on this planet trying to get by. Uh, you know, a great testimony for some of you would be, I survived. But you know, even as great as that is, that's not God's best. God's best is that you live a rich and satisfying life. Amen. And a rich life doesn't just mean having money. A rich life means, yes, you're prosperous, but it also means you, you enjoy sleep. Uh, you have good sleep at night. You don't stay up worrying and fretting and full of anxiety. It means you have peace. It means you have the comfort of the Holy Ghost. It means, praise God, no matter what comes up, you have the assurance that God's on your side and somehow, some way, He will make a way. Hallelujah. That's a rich and satisfying life. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and that's what Jesus said He came to give us. The message translation says, I've come that they might have better life than they've ever dreamed. Hallelujah. And I once again can testify to you to the glory of God that I'm presently living life better than I ever dreamed. You say, well, how did you get that way? By studying the Word of God and learning, not only learning, but learning how to appropriate the basic redemptive truths. What do you mean by that? Basic redemptive truths is what happened at the cross. And once that becomes a revelation, then I'm telling you, your life will never, ever be the same. I can remember in those early days, 1969, in that little guest bedroom in our home in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I'm sitting back there reading these things and, and seeing what Jesus did at Calvary. And I'd get so excited, I couldn't stand it. I'd jump up and run and find my wife and say, Carolyn, did you know? She'd been knowing it since she was eight years old. But I had to tell her just in case she forgot, you know? <laughs> I mean, she was my first uh, person to preach to. I mean, I'm, I'm learning these things and I had nobody else to, to share it with, so I'd go run find Carolyn. She might be in the bedroom. She might be in the kitchen. Carolyn, did you know? And man, I'm just appreciating her. And sometimes she'd say, Jerry, I've been knowing that all my life. Well, did you know it like this, though? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and even though she'd heard them, and many of those truths were revelation to, them, to her, there were many more that was causing her to gain even more insight. And as a result of it, it caused us to begin to enjoy freedom in our life like we had never known before. Amen. Amen. And the same thing can happen to anyone who will do what we did. Yes. You see, I had, the, I had the privilege of listening to Kenneth Copeland, and he was testifying how that these things became a reality to he and his wife, Gloria. He learned them from Kenneth E. Hagan and from Oral Roberts. 
And then I'm learning from him. I didn't know anything about these other ministers as far as, you know, I knew, I knew who Oral Roberts was, but I didn't know who Kenneth Hagin was. And, and Brother Copeland is teaching on his messages what he'd learned from them. Now I'm learning it from him. And I'm telling you, it became so exciting, I couldn't get enough of it. If he said, now Kenneth Hagin says, and he'd talk about what Kenneth Hagin said about redeemed from the curse, then I'd go get that resource. And if he said, no, Oral Roberts said, and I'd go get that resource because I wanted to know what they knew because I could tell it was working for them. They were enjoying a rich and satisfying life. Amen. Amen. I wanted that kind of life. And you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. I got this all on my own. If I learn what they learn, do what they're doing, I'll have the results they're having. Isn't that a great revelation? Amen. And if you learn what I've learned and you do what I've done, you can have the same rich and satisfying life that I'm enjoying. God is no respecter of persons. He didn't just die for Robert Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, and Jerry Savelle so that they could have a rich and satisfying life. He did this for every human being. Amen. But you got to pick up this book. Amen. You got to pick up this book. And if you don't understand it, then get resources from other people who have spent time studying it that will help you understand it. That's how I did it. Man, I, I didn't even know I didn't even know where Colossians was. I didn't know where Philippians was. When I turn on that tape and Kenneth Copeland say, open your Bibles to Ephesians. I had to turn off the tape, go to my table of contents. I didn't know if Ephesians was Old Testament or New Testament, you know, and he'd tell me what page I'd go there. He'd say, let's now go to first Corinthians. I'd turn him off and find first Corinthians. I didn't know where all these books were. In fact, I was so scripturally illiterate when it started talking about the epistles, I thought that was the wives of the apostles. <laughs> Don't laugh. Some of you did too. <laughs> some of you did too. You know. But praise God, look at me now. Hallelujah. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. Praise God. Amen. So Jesus came that we might have a rich and satisfying life. But in order for that to be fulfilled, he had to go to the cross because that's where it took place. He had to go to the cross. Now, I want to share with you, and we're going to talk about it for the next couple of weeks as well. What I like to refer to is the great exchange. What happened at Calvary? There was a great exchange that took place. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, go ahead and turn to your table and contents and find Colossians. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Colossians chapter 2. Let's all turn there. Those of you that are in the studio, uh, turn there with me. And those of you at home, if you have your Bible with you, turn to Colossians chapter 2. Now, Paul, thank God for the writings of the Apostle Paul. God revealed to him everything that happened at Calvary. And it's all in his writings. And I'm telling you, if you'll study them, it's life-changing. In verse 12, it says that we are buried with him in baptism, wherein also you have risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now notice here, we're beginning to learn something about the great exchange. Notice Jesus went to the cross with you 
on his mind. Look at your neighbor and say, he had you on his mind. Amen. He went to the cross with each and every one of us on his mind. And notice he's going to be willing to do something in order that it have a positive effect on you. So notice it says that he went to the cross and as a result of it, he has forgiven you all your trespasses. Now in second Corinthians or yes, second Corinthians chapter five and verse 21, it says this for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now listen to that again. God made Jesus to become sin for us. So there's an exchange that's about to take place. He never sinned. He was sinless. Yet he was willing to become sin. Why? Because if he was not willing to become sin, take on the nature of Satan himself, then there could have never been redemption for mankind. So he was willing to become sin for what purpose? That we might be made the righteousness of God, which simply means give us right standing with God. You see, there was, uh, there was a barrier between us and God because of sin. We were estranged from God, but because Jesus was willing to become sin, then that barrier was broken. Colossians once again says that he blotted out, verse 14, all the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. All of our sin, praise God, was nailed to the cross. All of our sin was placed upon him. The sin of mankind was placed upon him and he willingly took it. Why? Because he had this in his thinking. If I will take their sin, then that barrier between them and my father will be broken. The ordinances that was against them will be taken away. Their sins will be blotted out and they too can have right standing with my father just as I have right standing with my father. Amen. So notice he's willing to become sin so that you and I can have right standing with the Father. That's the great exchange at Calvary. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, how many of you believe that he was made to be sin? Raise your hand if you believe that. I can't see your hand that are watching at home, but I hope you got your hand up. I know you know that he was made to be sin for you. Now, if you believe that, if you really believe that Jesus took your sin at Calvary, then the next thing you're going to have you're going to have to believe, according to the Bible, is that you have right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God. So if you believe that, then quit going around saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You can't be both. You're either saved or you're still an old sinner saved by grace. Which one are you? You're not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You got saved by grace, but thank God he didn't leave you as you were. Don't you remember the song we used to sing in the Baptist church every time they gave an altar call, just as I am, just as I am. Well, that's the way you come to Christ, just as you am. But thank God he don't leave you just as you am. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. He makes you the righteousness of God. I know that's not good English, but you know what I'm talking about. Amen. I came 
the, the sinner that I was. I came the unrighteous man that I was. I had never committed any righteousness, but Jesus had never committed any sin, but he was willing to be made sin so that I could be made righteous. So that means if I believe my sins are forgiven and I believe that with all my heart, my sins have been forgiven. I'm not that old creation I used to be. According to Paul's writings, I am now a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And one of the new things is I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I have right standing with God. That's something to shout about. Amen. Amen. That's what happened at the cross. That's the great exchange, folks. I'm telling you, if you ever get a revelation of the fact that you have right standing with God, everything about you is going to change. Your prayer life is going to change. Your confidence is going to change. Your, 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 your uh, perspective on life, your outlook on life is going to change. Just think of it like this. The Bible says that his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open under their prayers. Now, if you are the righteousness of God, that just guarantees you a positive prayer life. Amen. 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 His eyes are over the righteous. His ears are open under their prayers. So that means, praise God, if I believe my sins have been remitted, that he took my sins, and now I'm the righteousness of God, then that also tells me I have every right to expect God to answer every prayer I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? Praise God. So that took place at Calvary. That was the great exchange. Isaiah wrote about this and said in Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. In the message translation of verse six, it says, God piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him. That's what happened at Calvary. God piled every sin that we had ever committed on him. Everything we'd ever done wrong was on him. Why? So that it could be remitted so that God would remember it no more. And so that we could lay hold upon the fact that we are now the righteousness of God. So here's the exchange. He was made to be sin in order that we might be made righteous. What else happened at Calvary? Isaiah 53, 4 says this, Surely he hath borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows. Grief and sorrow. What is that the opposite of? Peace and comfort. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Verse 5 of Isaiah 53 says, And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The New International Version says, The punishment that brought us peace was on him. So here's the great exchange. He took our sorrows. He took our griefs so that we could enjoy peace. Amen. Listen, folks, you're not only supposed to be free from your sin, but you're also supposed to be free from grief and sorrow. Right. That was all bought and paid for at Calvary, just like the redeeming of your sins or the remitting of your sins was paid for. So what happened at the exchange? He was made to be sin that we might be made righteous. He took our sorrows and our griefs so that we could enjoy peace. The great exchange at Calvary provides not only peace with God, but it also provides the peace of God. Yeah. 
I can now live my life with the peace of God, knowing I have peace with him and, I, and knowing I have his peace in my life. The apostle Paul says that the peace of God passes all understanding. You know, when everybody else is in torment, anxiety, worry, and fear, and you can walk around with a smile on your face because you have the peace of God, they're not going to understand that. But now, praise God, that opens the door for you to give them testimony of the God you serve. Where did you get all this peace? It's the God I serve. Why don't you worry all the time? It's the God I serve. How do you enjoy? How have you got this freedom that you seem to enjoy? It's the God I serve. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what happened at Calvary. We're not done with it. We're going to continue it. And so I need for you to watch this special announcement, and then we'll be right back. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. Once again, I can't share all of this in one television program, so we have it in our resources entitled Redeemed and Blessed, three CDs, and then my little book, The Established Heart, which is going to share with you seven basic redemptive truths that every believer should be established in. Redeemed and blessed. I'm telling you what an exciting revelation it is when you understand that you are redeemed. And we're going to get into the fact in the next week's broadcast that you're redeemed from the curse. Hallelujah. And what a great revelation that is. Not only are you redeemed from the curse, but because of that, you're entitled to walk in the blessing of Abraham. And we're going to get into that. And that's an exciting study. And I'm telling you, it is life changing. So let me encourage you, order these resources right away. Don't, don't postpone it. Don't delay it. Don't procrastinate. You need this information in your home. You and your family can sit down and listen to these messages. You can read the little book. And I'm telling you, it's going to do for you the same thing it did for me 45 years ago. So place your order right away. Also, once again, if you have prayer requests, please let us join with you in believing God for the breakthrough that you need in your life. And I'm also interested in hearing your testimony. So write to me. Let me know how the program is blessing your life. Let us know about the victories you're enjoying. And I can promise you this, we're going to rejoice with you. Praise God. Also, those of you that are partners with this television ministry, thank you once again. It's because of your faithful support that we're able to reach all the nations that this broadcast goes out to, and we certainly appreciate your faithful support. Those of you that may be interested in becoming a partner, go on our website. You can ask 
for the material that we'll send you that tells you how you can partner with this ministry and the benefits of it. I'm telling you, it is rewarding. I read one of the testimonies on the broadcast here recently of someone who was a partner with us and how that they became a partaker of the favor of God that's on this ministry. It began to work in their life exactly the way it works for us. Thank you for watching. And let me remind you as we go, your faith will overcome the world. Amen.